Hey
church. We have a God who breaks chains. Yeah? Our God breaks chains. Just for a moment, I want to pick up on that bridge. Chains be broken. And I want to sing that. And tonight, let's press into that. Let's declare that in our lives. God is a God who breaks chains. God wants to break chains in your life. God wants to see freedom in your life. Come on, so why don't we pick that back up again for a moment. Let's declare it out of faith that God is a God who wants to see change and lives change. Chains are broken because of who you are and the goodness of our God who lavished such love upon us. God, we pray tonight, Lord, that we would see you as we lay our hearts before you, God. We would know you, spirit and truth. God, be glorified tonight. Amen. Amen. Cool. Hey, if you want to grab your seat, go do that. Welcome to Activate Church. It's awesome to have you here tonight. Who's happy to be here? Oh, I normally get the response. It's awesome to have you here tonight. Uh, If this is your first time or second time might be at Activate Church, we would love to welcome you. So if that is you, we've got this lovely host team in the green tops with the Activate If that's you, if this is your first or second time, could you give me a wave? Is there anyone? Just family. Ah, well, we're all family here tonight then. Isn't that cool? That's exciting. Well, why don't we do birthdays? Birthdays and anniversaries. Has anyone had a birthday or anniversary this week? Andrea, why don't you come down to the middle? If you've had a birthday or anniversary, we would love to celebrate that with you. Why don't you come down to the middle? What is it? What is it now, Andrea? Is it 22? 22, Andrea? 
25, my bad. Hey church, why don't we stand? We love to bless our members in our church and be able to pray over them. So I want to read this together. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Great. Oh, hey, I've got a notice for you all. This Tuesday, oh, actually Phil just mentioned young adults. Yeah, we're going to the helm after this, so make sure you come along. I'd forgotten, but Phil mentioned it, so he reminded me. And we have young adults camp coming up on the 26th of June. So, hey, if you're a young adult, make sure you be there. This is going to be an incredible time of encountering God, and it's a time you don't want to miss out on. Anyway, Tuesday night, we have Momentum Prayer. And this is here at church. And hey, can I encourage you? Make sure you're there. You don't want to miss out on it. It's an incredible time of prayer and hanging out for, uh, and, and enjoying each other's company. So why don't you make the time to be there? 7 o'clock through till 9 o'clock on Tuesday night. Would love to have you here. Cool. Hey, I want to share uh, something that happened to me a couple of weeks ago uh, regarding my faith, faith commitment. And it's pretty cool, actually. I think it's pretty cool, and it shows how God works in uh, cool ways. So we're the challenge here. All right, so who's going to give your faith commitment? And I do this each year. This is my second year, year here at Activate Church. And I was sitting in the pew going, okay, God, how much do you want me to give? What do you want me to give? I want a number from you. And um, I felt God say, this number, and, you know, you, you do the obvious thing. What? <laughs> God, have you checked my bank account recently? What do you mean? And I said, all right, all right, God, if that's you. And I, I felt a peace, but I was like, yeah, I, I, think, I think this is what God is saying. And, okay, put the, put the number down. And, you know, if God says something, you step out in obedience. Faith is doing what God says, so then God has to come through with it. So I actually quite liked what Pastor Sheridan said because he said, just have a prayer before you drop it in the box. So I went up to the box and I was like, God, this is on you. Boom. So it was on God. But do you know what the cool thing is? Let me tell you what the cool thing is. The week after, so on the Tuesday, I got a text from my boss at Agora. And he said, hey, we'd love to give you some permanent part-time hours. So each week, which I didn't have before. And you know what? That's awesome. This was hours I didn't have before. But it just shows as we step out in faith and obedience to what God has said, God turns up and provides. So can I encourage you, not just in your giving, but in all aspects of your life, step out in obedience. And in that faith, God will come through. Cool? Hey church, why don't we stand as we continue in our worship? Focus on just you and God. Don't worry about the people around you, what's surrounding you. Just close your eyes and focus. Reach out to Him. 
make that step of just focusing, dwelling. Reaching out 
thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard a tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleasing that I'm never alone. Your good, good father is who you are. Peace, so I 
Unthinkably good, unexplainably beyond what we could ever imagine. God, and we look to you, the Father who gives perfect gifts, gives the Holy Spirit the best gift of all. Father, and tonight we worship you. We thank you for the 
gift of life. Come on, why don't we just start to thank God for the gift. The gifts that He's given you, things that you are thankful for. Come on, let's just begin to lift that up in the, in the house tonight. Thank you, God. The gift of life, the gift of breath. Seat. It's my privilege and pleasure to invite up Pastor Steve Graham. And you know, Steve and I go a long way back. Not really, but I did know him in Christchurch. Uh, he's a Cantab man, now moved to Auckland. He's the principal of Equippers College up in Auckland, based at Equippers Church. Uh, he also serves on the NLT leadership team, which is in our movement, and it's an incredible privilege to have him here this morning. So open up your hearts, turn your ears on, and make sure you listen. Hey, why don't we give him a massive clap as he comes up? Oh. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Hey, it's great to be here. Um, man, it's just so cool to be at Activate Church this weekend. Of course, of course it is. Yeah, man, each service just got a different kind of feel to it. But just it just feels like you're on the riding on the on the front foot on the front of a wave. Sometimes some of us, eh, we go through years, sometimes decades, just on what we've known in the past. We just faithfully hang on there. But it's great to to be in a time when you're actually catching a wave and there's momentum and freshness and new things and it just look around at, you know, some of the young people thinking, man, so pleased that you get to ride a wave of, of something new in God and something fresh in God. Uh, so, yeah, it's a real privilege to be here. Um, this morning I, I talked about uh, kind of the whole theme of being activated and sometimes rather than trying to put like a car with a handbrake on, rather than we keep pushing the throttle, we actually got to take the handbrake off, got to find out what's holding us back and the impediments and kind of get rid of that and then the activation happens. And tonight, um, kind of linked with it, I want to, I want to in a sense, um, teach about, a, teach into a topic that I think um, can become a real, I think it's coming down, can become a real impediment, it can really throw us uh, and confuse us if we don't have a right understanding and it's the, the subject of hardship. That's a bit depressing on a Sunday night, talking about hardship. Eh? Um, but, but I want to, I wanna, um, in a sense, teach and, and show you a biblical perspective on hardship and what's going on. So, so just to start, I want to do an exercise that, that will, you, some of you will feel a bit silly and you won't like this, okay? But it'll be over real quick. Um, so when I, when I um, studied adult education, they told us this little gimmick to try and read where a class or a crowd was that on something so can I ask you just like no one can see you okay so um, just so, so don't worry 
to just um, hold your arm out like this with your thumb out, okay? Right? Strap it. So this is, this is some, some people want, are fighting it. They won't do it. Seriously, no one's looking. That's enough anyway. If you don't want to do it, that's okay. So this is, keep it up there. This is, this is your dial, okay? It can go up and down. This is, this is, a, this is a hardship indicator, okay? So if, if every area of your life is peace and prosperity and blessing and harmony and goodness, then your, th- then your thumb's straight up, okay? Now, if maybe there's, maybe there's one, like, relation, one of those, one parent or sibling or kid or employee or boss, that it's just a bit hard. Or I should give you a definition of hardship to start with. Hard circumstances of life. Oh, better give your arm a rest. We'll come back to that. Okay, while we read this. A thing hard to bear, a specific cause of discomfort or suffering, something that makes your life more difficult or unpleasant, a thing or circumstance that causes ongoing or persistent suffering or difficulty, adversity or something difficult or unpleasant. Okay, so you got so those words like difficult, unpleasant, just... Um, hard to bear. Okay, so put that indicator back up. Okay, so if, the, if, the, if every part of your life is sweet, then your thumb's straight up. If there's like, there's maybe one person that's just, they're just hard work. One part of your life that's just hard. There's, maybe it's a health issue. If there's a few more, then it starts to drop down a bit to like, actually, there's a couple of areas that are, they're just hard. And if it's getting down like, yeah, there's quite a few that are good, but there's quite a few that are quite hard, then you're about level. If it's getting more and more, it stops. If every area of your life sucks, then it's like this, okay? So, so let me see. We're about... Yeah, that's really interesting. Okay, put your hands down. Did anyone have your thumb straight up in the air? No, you're telling fibs, Margaret. No? You serious? Anyone, anyone have their thumb straight up in the air? Everything's good? Two. Two? Okay. That's great. First of all, just get that, okay? Apart from one, maybe two people, all the rest of us have got some areas of our lives that are just hard. It, just even, as, even just let that just register. That that people following Jesus, there's some areas that are just hard work. Wow, I thought there was this image that come to Jesus, everything goes well. But everyone here, except for maybe two people, have got some area that's just hard. And, and so I want to talk about how do you make sense of that? What do you do about How do you think about that? Because otherwise that can really mess with your head. And it can really get in the way of following Jesus, because if I have this expectation that I step out in God, that I allow God to activate me, and, and I, somehow I pick up this idea that if I do that, things will fall into place, things will go well. And if they don't, and if I encounter hardship, it can really throw you. So what, how should you think about hardship? Well, I want to look at a little verse in the Bible. It's only four words. as a way to think about this. Here it is. Endure hardship as discipline. Right, if you weren't depressed 10 minutes ago, we started talking about hardship, they go, you built, now you put that up, it's like, that's the evening's written off, right? Like, now I'm really, endure hardship as discipline. Like, really? It's in the Bible. 
endure hardship as discipline. Let me, let me tell you, most of us hear that in a way that it doesn't actually mean. I'll come back to that in a minute. There is actually a second half of the verse. God is treating you as his children. Like, what? Endure hardship as discipline because God is treating you as his children? Like, what does that mean? Now, now let me, I said, I, I want to suggest to you, m- many of us hear that the wrong way, because we hear the word discipline, and we think that it means punishment. You mean, you th- tell me God is punishing me through these things? No, no, that's not what discipline means. Punishment might be one small part of discipline, but discipline is, is the bigger thing of just building uh, building discipline into people's lives. We discipline our children not by punishing them. We discipline our children by the thing, come on, you need to take the dishes to the sink. Come on, you need to make your bed. Come on, you need to go to school. I was talking to a friend last week in Christchurch. His five-year-old's just started school. First day, gets up, puts on his uniform, heads off to school. Second morning, his uh, son comes out. The guy, this is the guy's language, he says, he came out in his civvies meaning not didn't have a school uniform on. He goes, this boy's called George. George, what are you doing? And he goes, this is the five-year-old goes, um, Dad, at school, all you do all day is learn and learn and learn. I'm not going back. <laughs> and I said, how did you break it to him that like this is the next 12 to 15 years of your life? But you see, discipline, discipline is not about punishment. Discipline is about putting in, uh, just going beyond impulsiveness. Punishment deals with offenses. Discipline deals with impulsivity. And it builds in something, a capacity to do things, even if they just don't feel like what you want to do. And, and, and what the writer of the Hebrews is saying, this is a way to think about hardship. Think about it as God is using this. God is not sending it to punish you. He's not even particularly sending it. But the fact that it's in your life, treat it as something that you're forced to dig deep and put some things into your life that you wouldn't normally do. You see, it's like if, if you've got lots of money in the bank, when you walk through the supermarket with a trolley, you just chuck all the good things and Oh, yeah, chuck a few more blocks of chocolate in and some other treats or whatever. When you're going through financial hardship, you've got the list and you've got the calculator and you're, you're being selective and you're looking for the specials. You see, hardship forces discipline. When something's not going well with someone at work, you have to, you have to dig down and think about the kind of conversations you're going to have. You have to think about the emails. You have to be more careful. You have to be disciplined. Hardship forces us to be disciplined. Outside hardship, we just, everything's sweet, cool, we just relax, we just do what feels right. In the midst of hardship, we're forced to dig down. And, and here's the thing, most of the time we just live on autopilot, don't we? But in hardship, you're forced to dig down and to find resources and think about things that don't necessarily come naturally. It's like, oh goodness, I, you know, the, ki- the kids were easy. Now this one particular kid, I just don't know what to do with them. I need help. I've got to find some extra help because my autopilot way of working with the kids isn't working with this one. Discipline forces me to dig down and put stuff into my life 
that I wouldn't normally do. And, and, and what the writer is saying here is, in, think about and endure hardship as a process where God, uh, God has allowed it to force you to dig down to form something in you. And he goes on to say, when God does that, he's treating you as his children. Let's look at the whole thing in context. So I'll just read out the wider thing. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone goes, undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? See, he's saying, appear automatically a little kid, I just, what do you want for tea? I want ice cream and chips and lollies. So a, a good father, a good mother would go, uh, no, you've got to eat your veggies first and then you can have one treat. And they build in the discipline. It's not a sign of love just to go, oh yeah, eat whatever. That's a sign of I don't care about you. I don't give a stuff what you do with your life. Now, a loving parent falls, uh, chooses to put, to put the discipline until the discipline is built inside. It's about someone else, in a sense, imposes it until it's picked up internally. And hardship forces us to pick up something internally that we wouldn't normally do. He goes on to say, they disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. Oh, so the very fact of wrestling with this thing forces me to dig down deep, forces me to be transformed, to grow, forces me to become a bit more like Jesus, forces me to become holy. See, hardship can make us bitter or hardship can make us holy. You choose. If you don't understand it, hardship will make you bitter and it will short-circuit you being activated. If you understand it as a process of what God is doing in you, it can make you holy. See, later on, oh, no discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace. If you ask, God, what am I having to learn through this? How, am I, how do I need to change through this? You'll become, a, you'll become a person of greater holiness, of righteousness, and peace. But it says, for those who have been trained by it. Nobody wants to go through hard times and relationships. But if you'll dig deep, you're trained by it. You, you learn, no, I can't just say that. No, I can't. I've got to say this. And you become trained. And this is how I'm going to engage with this kid. This is how I'm going to engage with this employee or this boss. And you're actually trained by it. And so rather than being disappointed by the fact that it's in your life, you allow God to use it to train you. So that's a real, I, I just want to unpack those four words tonight and a bit more, one word at a time. So I, because I didn't want to leave you hanging for too long, we kind of started, oh, that, the bowl doesn't show up so well, but in, I want to start at the end, endure hardship as discipline. We've kind of talked about it, but I found this little grid that kind of makes it a bit helpful. So punishment is about inflicting a penalty for an offense. Discipline is training for correction and for maturity. 
It's not about punishment. It's about this is training so that you become mature. No one likes going through discipline. It's painful. It's annoying. It's hard. But it's training you to be mature. I'm not just, I'm not just the little kid who just wants ice cream and lollies. I actually have been trained to eat well. I know what to do. You know, the focus of punishment is the past misdeeds. The focus of discipline is future correct acts. The attitude of punishment is hostility and frustration from the parent. The attitude of discipline is love and concern. I want you formed to become all that you're meant to be. And this process, though difficult, though frustrating, is what's going to form you until you've picked up the inner discipline that I don't have to impose an external discipline. And finally, the resulting emotion and punishment is fear and guilt and discipline is security. Someone is concerned for my good. Someone is shaping something so that I'm going to be successful in life. I love this. This kind of sums it up. Punishment is something that happens to someone. Discipline is something built into someone. As a loving parent disciplines until the person is disciplined. You see, we, our fallen nature hears discipline as punishment. It's not. It's about training capacity, forming something within us. It's interesting. Oh, go back. Don't look at that yet. When you search the internet, like, you've got to find a picture of cute kittens, right? So I found one. Here's a picture. Okay, here's a picture of discipline. I quite like this. Is that, so that's, that, I reckon that's a good picture of discipline. Something's been trained. That's what, with police dogs, with uh, blind, uh, guide dogs, they're disciplined not to be impulsive. They've been trained for something else. It's interesting. I've unpacked this, but I've mentioned it before, but, but it's the whole thing training, training for holiness, training for righteousness, training for peace. We've been trained. We've been formed. Let's, let me say, Probably the best of who you are is something that has been formed through hardship. You have been trained by it. You either got bitter or you got better. You got better if you allowed yourself to be trained by it. So it's not a mistake in God's plan. It's not a problem. It's not a disappointment. It's a method that God uses to form us to make us better. Interesting, uh, go to the discipline, even that little word as, he's not even saying it is. He's just saying this is a good way to think about this thing. He's not saying God is actively disciplining. He's saying this is a good way to think about it as discipline. I don't like the situation with my family member. I don't like the situation. I don't like that I'm struggling with this. But okay, God, I've got to ask, what are you wanting to form into me through this thing? Not saying it's a good thing, but I'm rather than... See, our default mechanism is to pray and ask God to change the situation. Rather than to say, God, what are you wanting to shape? How are you wanting to shape me in this? And sometimes... um, Sometimes... What comes under the guise of faith can be an excuse for the failure to take responsibility to be formed and changed by something. 
We just want God to wave his magic wand and make it go away. And he's saying, no, no, I'm shaping you through this. Your breakthrough is through this thing. Working back, hardship. It's an interesting word. What does that mean? It's interesting, again, our, uh, I'm trying to just kind of teach into something around a biblical worldview. When you look at the Bible to see how much hardship in the, in the book of Acts and the letters was just a given of Christian life. I don't know where we picked up the idea that if you come to Jesus, everything's going to be sweet. So just some verses uh, looking at this in Acts 14. Talks about Paul strengthening the disciples, encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Where did we get the idea that there wouldn't be, that if I, there was either hardship or there was God's way, and if I do it God's way, why is it hard? Well, you enter the kingdom of God, you activate the kingdom of God through many hardships. It's not, do you see, and, and if you don't understand that, you get thrown. Oh, I thought this was God's will. Why is it being so hard? Because that's how the kingdom of God works. It comes through hardship. You know, Acts 20, 23, this, he said, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are awaiting me or are facing me. Some people probably want to go home now. Romans 8, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or so? No hardships are a given, but don't let them separate you from the love of God. They're not a sign that he's angry with you, that he's disappointed with you, that he's punishing you. They're just part of living in a fallen world. Don't let them separate you. Don't let them cause you to question God's purpose and God's will in your life. They're just a process that he uses to shape you. You know, I love this uh, 2 Corinthians. As servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance and troubles and hardships and distresses. He, he said, that's, what, that's how we commend ourselves to you and that you can see we are people who endure hardship. Listen, if you've gone through hardship in your life, it's not a badge of dishonor or shame. It's your badge of honor. I went through this thing, and I stood firm, and I've come out the other side. It's your testimony of triumph in God that you walk through hardship. Never be embarrassed or ashamed because of something that you've been through or something. That's, that's what commends the truth of the gospel, that you walk through hardship. It's your badge of honor. It's what commends, it's what shows that your Christianity is real, that it took you through the hardships. You know, 2 Corinthians, so that's why he says, that's why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions, for when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, if everything's sweet, I'm just on autopilot and I can cope, but in the midst of hardships, I go, God, I don't know what to do in this situation. I don't know how to fix my marriage. I don't know what to do with this kid. I don't know how to handle this relative. I don't know what to do. I'm weak, and so I'm forced to call out to God and go, God, show me what to do. I haven't been here before. I don't know what to do in this situation. And Paul says, that's actually a healthy place to be in because I'm forced to depend on God. I'm not just going on autopilot. Um, 
Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. The apostles were known as people who endured hardship for the sake of the kingdom. And uh, these two final ones near the end of the New Testament. Keep your, notice the verb, the word that goes with hardship. You keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. That's a call to someone in ministry. Come on, you've got to do these things. Part of ministry, you've got to endure hardship. It's part of ministry. And the letter in Revelation to one of the churches, you have persevered and have endured hardship. Do you notice the word? Endure hardship. Endured hardship. It's the word that the writer to Hebrews uses. Endure hardship. The word, the word that goes with hardship is endurance. You just got to keep going. You got to be able to keep going when it's tough. You got to push through to the other side. Again, uh, interesting, the definition. Endure means to suffer something difficult or unpleasant in a patient way over a long period. To undergo hardship, strain, privation without yielding. To last or continue to exist. To last for a long time. To keep on going. To endure hardship. Most of us don't want to endure it. We want God to make it go away. So it's interesting, the start of this passage, uh, the writer has a picture of like an Olympic marathon. You know, and he pictures witnesses up in the, in the stands. And, and then he uh, talks about Jesus. And we're running a race. And then he says about Jesus, for the joy that set before him, he endured the cross, scorning at shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider who him who endured. Do you know that Jesus just had to endure some stuff? He didn't like it. It wasn't nice. It wasn't the goal, but for the goal of where he was going, there's some stuff he just had to go through. There were some things that were hard, and he just had to endure it. If Paul endured hardship, if Jesus endured hardship, where do we get the idea that something gone wrong if we've got hardship? Jesus, as, as your friend and as your pioneer, knows what it means just to endure, just to keep going, just to push on through. So what do you do? Endure, so it's endure. So you're supposed to, okay, I'm just to pull myself up by my bootleg and just keep going. No, no, no. He actually gives some practical advice. The end of the passage, therefore. So this is his conclusion. In light of, if you understand hardship is part of Christian life, if you understand that it's, a, it's the process by which God forms something in you, if you understand that God wants to use it to make you better, not bitter, well, how do you endure? And if I'm going to have to endure rather than praying for God to make it go away, how do I do that? And he actually tells us what to do. He tells us two things, in a sense a positive and a negative. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees, and make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. He's, he's picking up that image of the running race, the marathon again. And he's going, you're at a stage where like the knees are getting a bit wobbly and the arms are faint and you're, and you're, and you're running out of steam because who knows, enduring hardship is hard. And he goes, when you find yourself, you, there's two things you need to do. You need to put strength back in and you need to get rid of the obstacles that might trip you up. It's like, you know, halftime in the rugby game. They're having, 
the bananas or the energy drink. It's like they have to put strength back in. Now notice what, strengthen your feeble arms. Who does the strengthening? No, that's normally the right answer. Jesus is normally the right answer for any question in church. Who does the strengthening? Go for that always. That's the default one. That's nine times out of ten we'll get the chocolate biscuit. But not tonight. We do the strengthening. He's saying you strengthen. You have to know what puts strength back into your life, and you need to be intentional about doing that. If you know that you're going through a hard time, you have to have enough self-knowledge to know what puts strength back into you. And you need to ratchet that up. You need to do more of that. You need to be intentional. Uh, a while ago, I was, just, I was coming home from work one day and minding my own business, and suddenly out of the blue, I felt God say to me, prepare to be overwhelmed. I was like, what does that mean? Does that mean like overwhelmed with all these wonderful things that are going to happen? And it's, all, it's like, wow, awesome. I thought, that, that's the better option. I thought, but then, no, the other option could be overwhelmed in a bad things. I looked, I looked up overwhelmed in the dictionary. It can just mean kind of flooded, submerged. And it's like, oh, that's not such a good option. Within 12 hours, I knew that was the option that was happening. These bad things started happening. But as I thought about it, I realized God had said, prepare to be overwhelmed. It's like, I'm telling you, your normal ways of coping aren't going to get you through this next phase. You need to put things in place to get you through this. You need to put some extra things. You need to strengthen yourself to endure hardship. What do you need to do to put strength back into you? You need to know. But then the other, the other side, that's a positive... Uh, one of the best sermons I've ever heard, I think, was from um, Pastor Helen Monk. She talked about Noah's Ark, and, you know, there's a storm for 40 days when it's tossed around, and, you know, you're just hanging on for dear life. And then she said, actually, the bigger challenge was 150 days afterwards when you're becalmed and going nowhere, and your plans are shattered, but there's nothing new yet, and you're just stuck there floating, going nowhere. And she said, what do you do? And she said, all Noah could do, two things. Feed in food and shovel out dung. Feed in food, shovel out dung. Put stuff into your life intentionally that will strengthen you. Get rid of the toxic stuff that will poison you. That's all I can, I can't fix the situation. I just got to be intentional and feed in food and shovel out poison. And this is what this writer is saying. Number one, strengthen your feeble arms. Hardship is hard. That's why it's called hardship. Your knees are going to be wobbly. Your arms are going to be no strength left because it's hard. And so you've got to look after yourself. But then make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled but rather healed. I'm not into running, but my wife's into running. She runs half marathons and all that crazy stuff. But she tells me that... Um, like just even at the end of a race when you're so, you just got on this rhythm, you're tired, just stepping up over a gutter can be enough to throw you, kind of. It's just, and, and here's his point. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled. It's like, yeah, I've got to acknowledge I've taken a hit. I'm carrying an injury. I'm trying to run off something because there's been a blow. 
and, and what would normally not be an obstacle, just stepping over, when I'm in a good space, when I'm fresh, when I'm not fading, just a little obstacle would be, I just skip over it. But when I'm tired and when my knees are wobbly and when I'm carrying an injury, one little thing that wouldn't normally trip me up is enough to trip me up. And so I need to be even more intentional about getting rid of the things that wouldn't normally bother me but could trip me up when I'm tired. You know, that extra drink at the pub and catching that person's eye across the bar that normally you would instantly look away and carry on, but when you're tired and you're hurting and you're lonely, that trips you up. That, that look at something on the internet, that doing something dodgy with the money at work because you're just feeling like no one cares and you deserve an extra treat and stuff them, it's not that bad. He's saying, no, no, be extra careful to get rid of the things. Make it real level, because you're not in a good space to just skip over obstacles when you're tired and hurting. Put strength in and get rid of the obstacles. That's how you cope with it. See, I don't know if you noticed, in this passage, there are two quotes from the Old Testament. So earlier in the passage, it says, means the Bible says, you know, when they wrote this, they didn't have the New Testament. So when they wanted to go to the Bible, they go into the Old Testament. I wonder if you knew someone that was going through a really hard time and they came to you and said, what should I read in the Bible? Where you w what would you suggest that they read? A lot of us would probably say, go to... Go to some of those nice psalms, you know, that will comfort you. The Lord is my shepherd, you know, um, dwelling under the shadow of the most high. Now, it's interesting where the writer of the Hebrews goes. That quote is from Proverbs chapter 3. The end of the passage, this one here, is in quotation marks. That's the quote. It's from Proverbs chapter 4. It's that line, give careful thought to your paths for your feet. It's interesting that when the writer of the Hebrews wants to encourage or care for someone going through hard times, they tell them, man, you need to go and read the book of Proverbs. Why would they say that? Because the book of Proverbs in the middle section of three and four, it's all about wisdom. And here's the point, when you're going through hard times, you think that your main need is comfort, but it's not, your main need is wisdom. The comfort will come, the breakthrough will come, the challenge is to live wisely so you don't mess up in the middle of the hardship. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. She's more profitable than silver. She yields better returns than gold, more precious than rubies. It's like, God, this is hard. I don't know what to do. God, I need your wisdom. I don't know what to do with this situation with my relative. I don't know what to do with this neighbor or this son or daughter or this brother or sister. I don't know what to do, God. I need your wisdom. And he goes on to talk about the fruit of it. Why? Because long life is in her hand, riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant. All her paths are peace. Remember hardship? The fruit of hardship is peace. God, I need your wisdom because wisdom is going to produce the peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And this, those who hold her fast will be blessed. It's like, man, I've got to hold on to wisdom now. 
My greatest need is to, to make wise decisions because it's hard and I'm tired and my, and my knees are shaking, my arms are losing their strength, I, I'm carrying an injury. God, help me not mess up. Help me make some wise decisions. It's interesting if you go back to the book of Hebrews, what's some of the wise advice that he gives to people in hardship? There's some verses that I'll put up which we often read as kind of all rules and regulations. No, this is advice around the heart of wisdom for people who are going through hardship. What kind of a wise advice does he give them? Here's a famous one. Let us consider how we may spur one another on spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Interesting in the context, the book of Hebrews, it's written to Jewish Christians. At the start, uh, Christianity was seen by the Romans as a Jewish, just part of a Jewish sect, so, and the Jews were allowed to do their own thing, so, oh, they're just Jews, that's fine. When Christianity and Jewish religion started to separate, the Jews are going, no, no, they're not part of us. Suddenly, you're in trouble because you're doing something illegal if you meet with Christians. So the temptation was for the Hebrew Christians to go back to just being Jewish. And the thing that got you in trouble that generated hardship was meeting with the Christians. So the most natural thing was stop meeting together. And the guy's going, no, that would be a really bad mistake. Don't give up meeting together. See, here's the interesting thing. What happens? What's the natural thing that happens when life starts getting hard? We start backing off from church. We start distancing ourselves. It's normal. It's natural. But it's not wise. The wise thing to do would be to press in even more, to be more intentional, let go, I am really struggling. I just need to up the ante on being connected. Because I need to get through this. It's interesting, I said it's natural, I said it's normal. Unfortunately, the book of Proverbs doesn't work with those categories. It works with the category of wise and foolish. To pull back, to withdraw, is normal and natural, but ultimately it's foolish. The wise thing would be, man, I'm not, I'm not going... This is hard. I just, with my small group, I need to ask them, man, instead of meeting fortnightly, could we just meet weekly for the next two months? Because I'm really struggling. Man, maybe I just normally just go to one service. Maybe I just need to, I need to be there morning and evening at church because I'm struggling. But we don't do that, do we? When we struggle, we back off. It's not wise because it doesn't help us endure hardship. You know, it goes on. Keep loving one another as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to continue to remember those in prison. He's saying, keep on serving. Keep on doing the basics. Again, what do we do? Oh, I'm just not in a really good place now. I'll just, I need a time out from serving. He's like, no, 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 no. Be more intentional about doing the basics. No one looks terribly convinced. This is the context, seriously, when this is written, people undergoing hardship. It's like, no, keep connecting, keep meeting together, keep serving, keep doing the basics. But the natural thing is we back off from all of that, which is not wise. You know, and then he talks, marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. Keep, verse five, keep your lives free from the love of money. Christians have always recognized the three big moral issues are money, sex, and power. He's saying, 
when you're going through hardship, be extra careful around sex and money because you're more vulnerable to trip up then. So you'd want to be more careful to get rid of things that wouldn't normally trip you up when you're in a good place, but when you're tired and you're stressed out and you're confused and you're, you don't know what God's doing, just be extra careful in these areas of sex and money. And then he says this again, these are verses we often take out of context, but they're in the context of wise advice to people going through hardship. <clears throat> Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. Again, what do people do when things are hard? They start looking around and thinking, checking out other churches. And he's like, hold on. You know Pastor Sheridan and Pastor Jan. You've seen their history. You, you know how they've carried on. They've endured. You know Pastor Ray. If you're going through a hard time, the wise thing would be locking again with what you know is their life and testimony. But we do the opposite, don't we? Well, people do. We disengage when we're going through hard times rather than locking in and going, no, no, I've got to get through this. I need, I need to dig in more. I need to listen to the podcast. Because those guys have endured, I need that. And now is not the time to go searching after other strange things. But that's what we do. I'm, it's not really working. I'm kind of over. I'm, I'm starting to listen to other things that feels new and fresh to get me through this. It's normal. It's natural. But it's foolish and it's not wise. It's gone real quiet. Cool. It's interesting, I think, to look at this in the context, not as rules, not as heavy, but as wise advice on how to get through hardship. We start, apart from one, maybe two people, all of us have got an, have areas of hardship in your life. The writer to the Hebrews says, endure hardship is discipline. Can I invite you to stand? Can I invite you to whatever works for you how to open to God? Let's close your eyes. If it's raise a hand or two, open heart. But just, I just believe God wants to encourage some people. Because we're all, apart from two people, going through hardship. And the natural thing is to be praying, God, just make it go away. And the writer to the Hebrews says, Ask God, what are you forming in me through this? Because when I get that breakthrough, God can just easily throw the switch and change the external situation. You can come on in from behind the curtains back there if you like. <laughs> I thought that was coming. I just want you to, in a sense, just allow the Holy Spirit 
just to minister to you. Hardship is hard. I don't like it when things are hard. It hurts. I get tired. I just want it to go away. And God knows that, and he, and he wants to minister to that. But he also encourages us. Allow, he's saying, allow me to form something in you through this. You'll be a better person. You'll be a bigger person. There'll be a harvest of righteousness and peace and holiness if you allow me to do something. believe the Holy Spirit to some people he's just kind of going come on stand up stand strong lift your head straighten your back come on I haven't abandoned you I haven't disappointed I haven't let you down you can walk through this you can endure it believe God wants to encourage people can you just open up your heart to his encouragement tonight in whatever is hard. Can I just also just say to the music, if some of you feel like you need to respond, can you just leave what you're doing and come and respond? Because I think there's some that do. But I reckon it'd be good as a family to stand. We've all got hardship, but if some of us feel like, man, there's just... I just need someone to come and stand with me because I feel like the knees are just about given out. The arms, I've just, they've lost my, I don't know if I can keep going. But you just want to come and, you just want to come and surrender afresh to God and go, God, I believe in you. God, I want to endure through this. I want to be a better person. I want to allow you to form something in me through this. Just so I'm saying, can you just step out and come up the front and some of the leaders will come and pray with you? Because, man, we've got to support one another when we're going through hardship. We don't want to be isolated. We want to press in. It's like, man, I'm going to take every opportunity to get some prayer, to get some encouragement from other people. Man, I just need that now. That's you just come up the front while I'm talking and some people might want to come and start praying. Because it's like, man, we've got to do this together because this is part of Christian life. Enduring hardship, and it's hard and it hurts. But I want to be formed. I want to be a better person. I want to know you, God. Just start telling God how it feels. But just tell Him your heart. You want to be carrying on through this you don't want to give up some of us go if if I'm honest I I almost made a mistake I almost messed up it's like God I just want to commit again to doing it your way just let the I think there's just a bit of a release of there's some other people Just, just respond to God because this is Christian life, eh? Dealing with hardship. There's just a release of something coming. 
Come on, as you just both tell God how hard it's been, but also say, God, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to make a mistake. I want to keep going. I want to go through. I want to, I want to achieve what you've called me to do. I don't want to miss out on it. Come on, you come and just, just do that business with God. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence. Thank you for your anointing. That we stand on holy ground with some of these issues. Where people are being informed for eternity. Father, that we stand on holy ground. Of lives formed for eternity. May your love and your grace flood us. Holy Spirit. Equip us to endure hardship. Equip us to keep going. Equip us, God, to be better, stronger. People of holiness and righteousness and peace. We just need to worship God. Have you got a song you want to lead us? No? Let's just worship God. Put our lives back on the older God. Man, it's hard, God. I didn't realize it was going to be this hard. (laughs) But I put my life back on the older as a living sacrifice. I didn't realize you were going to take me through hard times to form me. But I, I... climb back on the altar. I give you my life. God, I want to get through this. Go on, let's worship. me here at your feet again Everything I am Reaching out I surrender Come sweep me up In your love again my soul will dance on the wings of forever. Find me here at your feet again. Everything I am, reaching out, I surrender. Come sweep me up in your love again.
here tonight and I remember as Steve was preaching that message, I remember the 90s, the late 90s, there was a Ron Canoli song, If You're Going Through Hell, Don't Stop. It's fantastic saying. I could, I could sing it, but I'll spare you. If you're going through hell, don't stop. And that's what endurance is about, isn't it? You, you keep going. You might not achieve it all in one day, but you come back and you keep going. And you keep going. And I really believe that, you know, if we can leave tonight with a conviction in our heart that when the going is tough, we run to God and not away from God, and to God's people and not away from God's people, that'll change the destiny of your life. That's not a a message that just affects this week. That is a message that will affect your life. It'll change the shape of your life. When the going gets tough, run to God. When the going gets tough, run to God's people. Even if they were the ones that made it tough. Still run to God's people. Yeah? 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 Good. Hey, we're going to do one more thing as we finish tonight. I really want to receive an offering so we can bless Pastor Steve. He's taken a day out of his extremely busy schedule to be with us. And we're really grateful. Thank you, Steve. How about giving you another hand? Thank you. Appreciate your time and your wisdom. It's wonderful. I wonder if the hosts, if you could ready yourselves. We're going to receive an offering and we're going to bless Pastor Steve with this offering today. And so into his life, into his ministry, into his family. And expect to see God continuing to do great things. How about I'll close the service, eh? Just before you pass the the bags. And then um, you can do that. Father, I thank you for tonight. I I pray that the, the words of tonight wouldn't just bounce off our minds, but they really would take root in our hearts. Father, my, my prayer would be tonight that this is a lifetime changing message. Not pretty words, not a great idea, but a lifetime changing. And that we would take hold of it with that uh, weight tonight. And that we would allow the seeds to water, the roots to go deep, and our lives would produce. Uh, even though we realize what we're asking for is not easy, our lives would produce great fruit from what we've heard tonight. So Lord, I commend your church to you again. I pray your blessing on every person, every household, every relationship that's represented here. Again, we affirm, we confess our faith is in you and it might not be the easiest way, but you are the only way. And it's our privilege to serve you. It's our privilege to follow you. I ask that as we go into this week, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, you'll help us to represent you well. In Jesus' name, amen. Have an awesome week. Thanks, team, if you can receive that offering, it'd be great. Amen. Oh, yeah, there's sign-up sheets. Just while Jan's thinking about it on my behalf. On the window in the foyer, there's there's these sheets out there, and we've got a whole lot of things that need doing around the church at the moment. We need musos, we need kids leaders, we need all sorts of things. And um, there's sheets out there that you could sign up in. So go out there and write your name down on some things you'd like to be involved in. Can I say to you, if you don't, if you struggle with the whole thing of feeling like you belong to church, the best way to fix that is to get involved with church and get involved with your church family. Get into something, get on a list of whatever. 
get involved in a ministry, you'll make friends, relationships, you'll find some purpose, it's awesome. So make sure you do that, it's on the glass out there, put your name down, someone will get in contact.
Christian Christian the morning, God bless anything tested, Lord of Jesus Christ, and the best every time. No, all the muscle and all the crew. Remember, so the end them known for Jesus Christ. Lift them high. I'm not here for Christ. Bust the place, bust the place. No, 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 mercy. Yeah. This song right here is dedicated to all my people that felt like giving up and you didn't think you were gonna make it. Bless them all the time. Check it out, y'all. Yeah.